All right, take out your Bibles and let's turn to Proverbs chapter 2. Proverbs chapter 2. Go down in verse 6. Today we're going to be looking at the powerful weapon of the Word of God. Let's stand as we read the words of our God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From His mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up wisdom, sound wisdom, for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice, watching over the way of His saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you, delivering you from the way of evil, from men of perverted speech who forsake the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perverseness of evil, men whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. And all the people answered together and said, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do. All right, you may be seated. So we've been, we've been talking about being uh, delivered from evil, the, the essential uh, nature of uh, that prayer. The Lord, you know, the Lord gives us a, a list of things to, to ask for, to pray for. And we are commanded by our Lord to ask to be delivered from evil. And we've been seeing how God answers that prayer. And as with other parts of the Lord's Prayer, there are these things that God has always done, uh, is doing now, and will do in even greater ways on into eternity, the, the always already and advancing work of God. And as we finish looking at being delivered from evil, which we're finishing very, very soon, uh, I want to focus on, on uh, one sort of final essential tool that we have at our disposal. It's been there the whole time, uh, but we wanted to pull it out here at the end intentionally, uh, and that is the weapon of the Word of God. How does God weaponize His Word in our spiritual warfare? So in our struggles, in our temptations, in our sins, uh, in our battles against those things, how is the Word of God seen as a weapon that we are meant to wield in that Battle. Now, we know the, the Word of God has already been very important, uh, of course, in this. It's important, we know, for every part of the, of the Christian life. But we're going to see from these texts that the Word of God is of especial importance in spiritual warfare, in battling against evil, in winning the war and winning the battles against the evil one. The Word of God is going to be absolutely important. So let's talk about the importance of God's Word in spiritual warfare, in the battle against evil, this most powerful of tools at your disposal. Let's, we're going to mention three ways that the Word of God is seen as powerful in spiritual warfare. Um, we'll look at two of them today. We'll get one of them next week, uh, just because we can't get into all of them. First, uh, so how is the Word of God to be a tool in battling spiritual warfare. So if you want to handle spiritual warfare right, right, one of the things you've got to recognize is the value of God's Word. Where do we see the value of God's Word? Well, the first thing we see is that God's Word provides intel. So the first value of the, of the Word of God is providing us with intel, giving us in, intelligence. So let's just talk about the informative nature of God's Word. So one of the things that the Bible is, it's, it's going to inform us about spiritual 
warfare so that we can understand what's going on, so we can understand the battles that we're in. So the the word uh, is going to be absolutely essential for spiritual warfare because the warfare is spiritual. Because spiritual warfare is taking place in the spiritual world and not the physical world, we would have absolutely no way of knowing what is going on, what is taking place apart from divine revelation. Without God explaining to us what is happening in that unseen realm, we could talk about spiritual warfare, but we'd all just kind of be guessing. We'd all be like, I kind of think this is what Satan's doing. How do you know? Have you seen him do that? No. Why? Because it doesn't happen physically. It happens spiritually. So divine revelation is going to be absolutely essential in understanding what's going on in spiritual warfare. And that's been true throughout human history. The only way we understand what's going on in the unseen realm is when we are told those things by the Lord. It is God's word that reveals to us the spiritual warfare that is taking place constantly around us. And I think that by his grace, we do not constantly see around us. Because it would be, I mean, imagine how anxious we already are. Uh, and we only see the seen realm. Imagine if we could also see the unseen realm. Uh, I mean, we'd be just a bunch of nervous Nellies all the time. Uh, but the way, the, so the word of God is going to be very important for us, even in understanding spiritual warfare, just in general. This is, and this has been true, again, throughout human history. Let's go back just to a, a couple of stories. Remember the story of Elisha and his servant, right? It's this great story that takes place in 2 Kings. 2 Kings 6, the, the Syrians are raiding into Israel. And as they're trying to raid into Israel, remember, uh, every time the king tries to do something, it's always found out. Because Elisha knows what he's doing before he does it. And so Elisha always warns the Israelite king uh, what's going to happen. So, so you have God revealing, it's already spiritual over there, because you've got God revealing to Elisha the plans of these evil ones. Because the Syrian king's evil. These are the plans of the evil ones to try and destroy God's people. So God's already showing Elisha the spiritual warfare that's going on by telling him what the, 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 the uh, Syrian king is thinking about, uh, about doing. And so the Syrian king decides, well, this is a problem. If Elisha keeps knowing what I'm doing, because that's what he's told that, hey, every time we do something, the man of God tells him what you're going to do. And so the Syrian king goes, well, then there's one thing we should do. Let's kill Elisha. Let's just kill Elisha, and then he won't be able to tell the king uh, what's taking place. And so they surround Elisha at night, uh, and they surround him with horse and chariots and a great army. So not just horses, not just chariots but also with a great army. And so then Elisha and his servant wake up uh, and uh, Elisha's servant is freaking out, right? Because he sees chariots, horses, and a great army. And what does Elisha say to him when he sees those things? When he sees the physical realities of the enemy? He sees what the enemy's doing physically. Elisha tells him, don't be afraid. Why? Because those who are with us are more than those with them. And Elisha asks, he prays, for God to open this man's eyes to allow him to see the spiritual reality of what's going on. And, you know, the the man's eyes are opened and he sees the mountains uh, full of their own uh, horses and chariots. uh, And their horses and chariots are on fire, which is better, 
I don't know if you know, if you have a choice between normal chariots or flaming chariots, always choose flaming chariots. Uh, and he's like, not only do we have horses and chariots, our horses and chariots are on fire and the mountains are surrounded by them. And it's interesting in the story, that army doesn't even do anything. It's just there, right? It's not like later then that army swoops down and sets all the Syrians on fire. It's just, it's just there. That's just who's watching. That's just who's ready and he just wants, he just wants the servant of God to know, hey, he's not even going to use these guys, but I want you to be aware that they're there. They're not even going to need to be used, but you need to see it. And so God reveal, it's only through God revealing to him what was already going on that the servant of Elisha was able to see the spiritual warfare that was taking place. Yes, there's a physical war taking place, and he sees that, but he doesn't recognize the spiritual realities that are also going on. How God is protecting uh, his, his people. So God revealed to him this reality, revealed to him. And, and it's really, he's just revealing to him what he has already promised is true, not just for Elisha, but what is true, uh, you know, for, for all of God's people. It's not just that Elisha is a special case. It's not just that, it's not just that there's a chariot of you know, or there's an army of, of chariots and, and horses on fire that surround Elisha. It's not just him. This is a promise that God makes for all God's people in Psalm 37 verse 4, or 34 verse 7. What does he say? The angel of the Lord, here's a psalm that has God's people saying, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. So it doesn't say the angel of the Lord encamps around really special Christians. It encamps around really important people like Elisha. Psalm 34, 7 says the angel of the Lord encamps around all of those who fear the Lord and delivers them. So we don't, we don't have Elisha with us to open our eyes. We don't have Elisha to come here and show us this reality, but we don't need Elisha. Why? Because we've got God's word. We've got God's word doing that. It is, it, is, it is as if God is here opening our eyes to those realities. And think of another story. Think of one that someone even, I think, mentioned today. Uh, think of the story of Balaam and his donkey, right? There you've got another great example because the donkey can see the spiritual reality that Balaam can't see. And man... If you want to have a fun talk, talk to me about that sometime. All right, so you got this donkey who can see this, but Balaam can't until what? Until God reveals it to him. It takes divine, divine revelation. For us to see what's going on in the unseen realm, what we need is divine revelation, or we'd have no idea. And that's what the Bible has done for us and does do for you in your spiritual warfare. It's a powerful weapon because it reveals to you these things. What the, the, look at what, what has the Bible revealed to us so far? In all that we've done in, in looking at, at spiritual warfare, what's the Bible shown? We've, everything we've learned in spiritual warfare has come from God's word. It hasn't come from, hey, you know, let's have, you know, Miss Glinda get up here and tell us a special experience that she had. And we're going to learn about spiritual warfare from that. And here's a story about a tribe in, in, in deepest, darkest Okmulgee. And let's find out what's going on there. And they learned, they learned something there. Like, it's, we, we, that's not how we learn these things. We learned all of it from the word. God's word has been vital. For everything that we see and all that we understand about spiritual warfare. I mean, we wouldn't even know the Lord's prayer without the word of God, right? We know to pray, deliver us from evil, 
Why? Because of God's word. Because God's word showed us that Christ commanded us. It revealed to us something we were not there to see. We wouldn't know that what we're really dealing with at all in terms of our battles is the spiritual and not the physical without God's word. Without God's word, I think we would all just assume everything we deal with is physical. Because we do it now. We do it now. We try to turn every battle that we have into some sort of physical reality. I mean, I don't know how many times people said, well, the reason I'm sure is I'm just hungry. I'm just angry or, you know, I'm hangry or my hormones are out of whack or whatever. We all, we'll turn everything into some sort of physical thing. And that's what, we, if, if we didn't have God's word telling us, what does God's word tell us? We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against spiritual forces in the heavenly places. So even though the Bible tells us we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, we still try to make all our wrestling against flesh and blood. We try to act like it all all is, and that's what the Bible already telling us it's not. Can you imagine if the Bible didn't tell us it's not flesh and blood? We'd, of course, assume everything's flesh and blood. So it's the Bible that reveals, hey, the battle you're dealing with is a spiritual one. You go, what spiritual one? I can't see it. It goes, exactly. Let me tell you about it. Let me tell you what's going on. Without that, we'd assume everything that we're wrestling against was the physical. We wouldn't know anything about the spiritual. We wouldn't know the, we wouldn't know the plans and, and the practices of the evil one without God's word. I mean, we spent a few months diving into the devil's own playbook. We were able, God's word revealed to us, hey, this is what the evil one does. This is what he wants to do. This is what he's always done. This is what he's going to try to do. This, we were able to do that. We, we, the Lord stole the enemy's playbook and told us what he's going to do. We were able to get into that by God's word. We didn't have Joseph say, hey, guys, I, stuck down, I snuck down to the seventh layer of Hades, you know, and I found this on a stone and I brought it back. And here's what the devil's going to do. We don't have that. What do we have? We have God telling us, this is what the evil one does. Be ready for it. This is how he works. Be ready for it. These are the type of things he does. Be ready for it. This is what he's going to try to do. This is what he's always done. Delving into those things. How does, how does the evil one make war on Christians? What does he use? What does he use internally? What does he use externally? We've, we had months of intel so that none of the attacks from the evil one should, should, uh, should surprise us. Every attack that has come your way since that time, if you, if you were here for those sermons and listened to those sermons and made sure you remembered those texts, there should have been no enemy attack since then that was a surprise to you. Since that time, if you took that intel from the word of God and put it in your heart, uh, then since then, everything that the enemy has done to you, you can say, oh yeah, the Bible said the enemy would try that. Oh yeah, the enemy said the Bible would, or the, the, the Bible said the enemy would do that. We wouldn't know not only the, the work of the enemy, we wouldn't know all the tools that God has given us. All of his motivations and, and, and his methods for fighting in spiritual war. We wouldn't know any of those. Not only would we, so, so part of what God has revealed to us in this is he's shown us what the enemy is doing, but he also shows us what he's doing and how he wants us to respond to what he's doing, what he's given us to fight back in spiritual warfare. We know any of those things without the word of God telling us those things. And again, we had months in months that we dove into, okay, here's what the enemy's going to do. Now, how do you fight that? Because God didn't just tell us, hey, here's what the enemy's going to do. Now, start chewing on your fingernails. He said, here's what the enemy's going to do. And then there are a plethora of other passages that said, now, this is what you do against the enemy. This is what I want you to think. This is where I need your heart to be. This is how I need you to prepare. This is how I need you to plan. And this is what I need you to do. 
These are where I need your affections, and these are where I need your actions. All of that from God's word. God's, God, God told us what to do internally, what to do externally. He prepared us for how to fight. He armored us up. And he told us how to fight. He didn't just prepare us to fight. He told us how to fight. That he's equipped us to wage war against the evil one. He assured us of our victories in past, present, future. All of those things that are going to help us fight better, more confidently, more in faith. The word of God has, has already, before we even, even dive even further into this, the word of God has already been absolutely critical and essential for every area of our spiritual work. It's the source of where we learned all these things. It, is, it has been just as revelatory as if God had taken all of us from here, put us in that same valley, sat us down, and then gave us a spiritual warfare 101 class with a, you know, in a classroom surrounded by fiery chariots. <laughs> just as much revelatory as that. So if you're like, oh, I wish I, wish, I, wish I had this Elisha-type moment. No, you've had the Elisha moment and a hundred other moments of God revealing to you these things, telling you everything the enemy's going to do and everything you should do. It's all come from the Lord. It's all been divinely revealed. He's all, it, all of that is him enabling you to see what you would not be able to see if he had not revealed it. This is why the word of God is an absolutely powerful tool in spiritual warfare. Because you wouldn't even know what's going on. No idea. We would be literally blind to what is taking place. But God opened our eyes. God allowed us to see he gave us the intel. That's the first thing. The first reason the, the Word of God is so powerful is it is a great source uh, of intel. But the Word of God's not just uh, informative in terms of, you know, describing the battle for us. The Bible uh, is also itself a weapon in the war. So it's not just a notebook that we're reading. It also is a sword that we're taking up. The Bible is going to tell us uh, not just about... Uh, you know, what's going on, the Bible is going to tell us how important it is as a spiritual weapon. So the Bible reveals to us all that's going on in spiritual warfare. The Bible also reveals to us, and I'm very important. And this is how you use me in spiritual warfare. This is what I, the Word of God, do in the spiritual battles that you will face. So, so we've seen the, the Bible is useful for intel. What, how do we see that the Bible is useful actually for the battle itself? The next thing we're going to see is the Bible is a powerful defensive weapon. The, the Bible is a powerful defensive weapon. Uh, so when the enemy attacks, what defense, what weapon of defense do we have? The weapon of defense that we have is the word of God. That's our weapon. Now, now, some of us might want to say shield of faith. Some of us might want to say, well, what about the armor of the Lord? And, and those are the defensive protections. But where do we even learn about those things? In God's word. And where does the faith come that's going to provide the shield for us? From God's word. We learn in the Bible. So the, the Bible is the source of the substance of our faith. So yeah, you've got the shield of faith, but who gives you the faith upon which that shield rests? The Bible. Who tells you about the armor so that you can put it on? The Bible. Who gives you, you know, you got the truth, the belt of truth. Who tells you the truth? The Bible. The Word of God is our defensive weapon. And the Bible, it tells us that God's, that God's Word delivers us in the bed. It is, it is powerful to actually, the Word of God, to deliver us. Let's look back at Proverbs 2, what we looked at. 
Because in Proverbs 2, if you remember how it began back in verse 6, we see that it it is the wisdom of God that comes from his mouth. Uh, uh, Paul would tell Timothy, it's God breathed, it's breathed out by God, the anustas. It's the, it's the wisdom of God that comes from us. It's His word that delivers us. But I especially want us to focus on verses 11 through 15. Look at verses 11 through 15. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you. Delivering you from the way of evil. From men of perverted speech who forsake the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness. So they know the path of a brightness. They don't want to take it. They walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perverseness of evil, men whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their way. So here we see God's word watches over us. It guards us, verse 11. And then we see the deliverance in verse 12. We see that God's word doesn't just help deliver us, that it does deliver us. It delivers us. It's the word of God that delivers us from the way of evil. And the, and the men who like to travel that way, who like that, that way, evil ones who like evil, who intentionally choose darkness, who reject the light, who like how messed up the dark is, like how dark it is, like how perverse it is, like how crooked it is. They delight in it. It is God's word that defends us against that evil. It is a weapon of defense against those evil ones who are working for the evil one. His word that delivers us from evil. And we can actually see this perfectly, perfectly, which is not a surprise, uh, in the life of Jesus, right? At the very beginning of Christ's life, we, we, we get uh, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, we get the, the account of his temptation by Satan himself. So by the evil one himself. Now you can read about this, Matthew 4, Mark chapter 1, Luke chapter 4. What happens in those, in those events? Jesus is led by the Spirit into the wilderness for him to be tempted, which puts a new spin on the prayer don't lead us into temptation because Jesus is led by the spirit into temptation. And then he says, he says, Hey, ask God not to do that to you. Ask God that you not be led into temptation. So Jesus is in the wilderness. He is, he is in the desert. I just want to make sure we don't think of wilderness. Like we normally think of wilderness. Like he's not in, he's not in the Pacific Northwest, right? Surrounded by redwoods or anything like that. This is the desert. And he's, he's led into the wilderness in order to be tempted by the devil. Not led by the devil there, led by the spirit there. In order for this to happen, in order for this temptation, he's fast for 40 days and 40 nights and, and he's hungry and boom, that's when the tempter comes. And Satan tempts Jesus three times. Look in Matthew chapter four. Let's look at the three times that Satan tempts Jesus and how Jesus responds to those temptations. So Satan's gonna tempt Jesus three times and what does Jesus do in response, every single time. What does he do? He responds with what? With the word of God. Okay, so every single time. So here we get a play-by-play of what it looks like to be tempted by Satan and what should you do? So instead of sitting around going, oh, how should I battle this? 
it is so hard. What should I do? Maybe look at what Jesus did and go, I should maybe do that. And look at what he does. Every time he responds with the word of God. Matthew chapter 4, let's start in verse 3. He's already set up the context. We don't need to reset it up. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he, that is Jesus, answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Okay, that's the first temptation. It is written. Gives him God's word. Second temptation. Takes him to the pinnacle of the temple. Uh, and basically asks him to prove that God will keep his word. Matthew chapter 4, verse 7, Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. So then he offers him a third temptation. He offers him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory if he will only fall down and worship him. What does Jesus say? Matthew chapter 4, verse 10, Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. What do you see? I mean, this is like, this is our reading comprehension test here. What do you see repeated in each one of those attacks by the enemy? All the attacks, very different. Uh, You've got hunger and 40 days, 40 nights, and he's hungry. How about some bread? Doubting God, how about, how about, How about you see if God proves himself? How about I give you the kingdom? You want want glory? Whatever it is, all of them, all of these temptations. And what is the response in each one? In each one of those attacks, what do you see? It is written, it is written, it is written. Jesus says that each time. It is written, it is written, it is written. And then he, he comes to him, so he comes to him with scripture. So not only do we have as Christians God's word guiding us and telling us that the word of God is a powerful weapon against the evil one. We actually have an example in scripture of how the son of God uses the word against the enemy's spiritual attacks. He responds to temptation with literal scripture. The word of God is a powerful weapon to defend against the attacks of the enemy. Now, next week, we're going to see how the word of God is also a powerful weapon to take the attack to the enemy. And it's going to be the weapon you want to use so you don't run out of a conflict naked and screaming and and all that stuff, which uh, um, we'll see. So let's talk about a couple of uses from these two ideas that the Lord, uh, that the word of God provides the intel for our spiritual battle. So that why do we, what is the importance of God's word in all of this? It is the word of God that it provides the intel and it's the word of God that is going to be a weapon to defend you. If you want to defend against spiritual attacks, you're going to need, you're going to need the Bible. The first use that we can take from, from seeing these things from the text, what we've learned from multiple texts beforehand, as well as texts from, uh, you know, 2 Kings 6 with Elisha and stuff like that, is you must spend time in God's word if you want to be prepared for spiritual war. If you want to be ready for the battle, you must spend time in God's word. God's word is an essential guidebook for spiritual warfare. The more you know of God's word, the less you'll be surprised by the enemy's attacks 
and the better equipped you'll be to deal with them. So not only if you're in God's word, will you not be surprised, you'll also know how to combat it. Because you don't want just one of those things. You don't just be like, ha, I knew this was coming. You know, and just get, get killed by it anyway. But you're like, but you didn't surprise me. Uh, but I didn't know what to do to stop it. But I saw you coming. You want to know, if you want to know both what the enemy is going to do, so you're not surprised, you're not caught off guard. And if you want to know how you should respond to it, you need to spend time in God's word. Because that's where you're going to get all those things. I mean, do you, ever, do you ever feel blindsided by temptation? Do you ever say like, man, I did not see that coming. I would always ask you this, how? How did you not see that coming? Because God's word describes to us all of the ways that the enemy works. And God's word tells us there is no temptation that comes your way that is not common to man. So every temptation you face is, is a common. It's not, it's not something unusual that you are going through. It's not something that Scripture hasn't even told us about how the enemy works and what he does. We should never be surprised. And the more, the more of God's word you know, the more re- revelatory it is about what the enemy is going to do. So if you feel like you've been blindsided over and over again, I would say it's probably because you just don't know the word of God as well as you should. Especially about how the enemy works. Do you ever feel like you don't know what to do to battle the enemy? You see the temptation coming. You feel it coming. You feel the weight of it. You know you're about to say what you shouldn't say. And all day you've just been like, and you've kind of felt like you've been battling it, but you feel like you're losing. And you're just, you're just like, I don't, I'm not winning this. I'm still disappointed. I'm really sad or whatever. And I know I shouldn't be. And now I'm getting even more disappointed and sad at how I'm disappointed and sad. It's this horrible cycle of stuff. Like, how do, what do I do? Do you want to know what you should do? You just feel like you're just kind of stuck in defend mode. And you see others out there sort of, you know, gleefully advancing for the kingdom and, you know, turning around and saying, come on, join us. And you're you're just like sort of holding up and not knowing what, what to even do. Get in the word. Get in the word because the word will give you your confidence. The word will give you your mission. He'll tell you what he wants you to do. It'll tell you how to deal with it. He'll tell you exactly what to do in his word. God's word is absolutely essential for you to prepare for the spiritual battle that the evil one will bring your way. So get in it. Get in it as much as you can. It will tell you all of the enemy's plans and it will give you your marching orders. It will tell you what he's going to do and it will tell you what you're supposed to do but you're not going to get that any other way. You're not going to get that any other way. You might get it some other way, but what you get is not from the Lord and you do not want to do it. If you get it from something else other than the word of God, you need to know the enemy is probably the one going, I think you should maybe do this. Uh, well, where's that in the Bible? Well, there's no need to look. Uh, just assume, you know, you, uh, trust your heart. Uh, yeah, don't listen to that guy because uh, the enemy knows that works too. Get in the word. Get in the word, you'll know what he's going to do. Even that, because he'll tell you, make sure and test those spirits now. And he'll tell you what you're supposed to do. Get in the word of God. You must spend time in God's word if you're going to be prepared. Next use, if you want to be delivered from evil, then you must know and know more of the word of God. 
So don't just be in it. So, so God's word isn't just going to be a, a tool. God's word is also the, the weapon. So if you ever feel ill-equipped for spiritual battles, then I guarantee you the, the answer is probably you're just a little light on scripture. Meaning you either don't know it well enough, uh, or like we said earlier, you're just not in it, or you're just not using it. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you've got it. You've got it right there in front of you, but you're, you're trying to fight temptation with all these other things and all these other answers. And sometimes that's because we fail to see that every fight is a spiritual fight. If we knew that every fight that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against spiritual forces, we'd spend less time reading everything else and everyone else and more time reading God's word and knowing it. I mean, we, I mean, we can quote all sorts of extra biblical and unbiblical and some of them unbiblical, some of them just non-biblical. We can quote all sorts of things, but if I were to ask you to quote the scripture back, well, how do you think you should deal with this spiritually? I got no idea. But I can tell you all this other stuff that I've looked into and I've researched about what I'm going through and what others have gone through and how they've dealt with it and what's worked for them and what works for me. Like, get in the word, know the word. It is your weapon. So practical tips, practical tips uh, uh, for doing that, to, to knowing and knowing more of the word of God. So you got to know it. If you're going to use it, if it's going to be your weapon to use, you, you got to know what the weapon is, right? You got to have the weapon in your head because this isn't just sort of, you know, you're, you're tempted and you just grab your Bible and throw it in the room and, and like it's a hand grenade that's just going to go off and drive the spirits away. Uh, how do you use it? So a couple of tips. One, read, read, read. Listen, listen, listen. You need a healthy diet of God's word, especially if you're a younger Christian. The younger you are as a Christian, the more you need to be eating, the more you need to be listening to just the word of God. I don't want you to be a savant on your favorite Bible teacher, even if your favorite Bible teacher is me, which... I know for all of you it is. Uh, I don't need you to be, what I need you to do is know the word of God. Read and read and read and read and listen and listen and listen to the word of God. Because when you fight Satan, it's not, not going to do any good to say, you know, as MacArthur has written, you know, that's not going to do you, it's not going to do you any good. Uh, what is going to do you good is the word of God. So if you're a, a young Christian or if you're someone who feels like you're in a focused attack of the enemy, you feel like it's just a time where you're really under attack. And we know what those times are like. For some of you, you blame the fact that we've started looking at spiritual warfare for now you realizing what those attacks are and feeling like there are more of them. You're right. Welcome to leveling up. Uh, and that's exactly what's going on. So as you, as you feel that, what should you do? You should be more and more in the Bible. If you're a young Christian, let me tell you, read and listen a lot. All your spare time. Because what you are, in terms of the body of Christ, is you are like that vulnerable fawn in the woods. That's what you are. You're the, you're the vulnerable fawn who do, you got spots and you're really happy and you're like hopping around like, Jesus is the best. You know, you're just going around like that. And you're, you're that, because you don't, I mean, that's who, that's who you are. The enemy will try and find a time that you are weak, which for you is all the time. Right? Because you're the young little fawn. So let me tell you, read, read, read. Listen, listen, listen. Level up as quickly as you can. Right? Read as much as you can. Get as much as you can, as quickly as you can, because you are that vulnerable target. If you're an older Christian 
who's really battling. What should you do? Read and listen a lot. Why? Because what it is, let's, let's, let's keep the predator metaphor. You're like the, the wounded member of the herd. You're the one who's struggling, who's weighted down, right? And you're starting to stumble a little bit. You haven't fallen, but he sees you stumbling. He hears your anxiety. He hears what you tell your husband. He hears what you whisper to your friends. He, know, he knows what you're bad. He knows the anxious thoughts that are going on because you voice them. He doesn't need to be able to read your thoughts. You tell him your thoughts. He will see that. The enemy will see that and will try and wear you down and separate you from the group. Don't let him. Stay strong. But the way you stay strong is by diving deeper into the word. That's where you get your strength. It's like vitamins. It is the probiotics of the Christian life. It gives you the help down in your soul, down in your guts. It's going to come from the word. So whatever, if you're a young Christian, read, 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 listen, listen, listen. If you're an older Christian who's struggling with something right now, you're in a focused time of attack, read and listen. That's what you need. That needs to be your response. Younger Christian who's just been in the, uh, a Christian for maybe a couple years, you know, and, and you've got all, like, get in the Bible a lot. And don't, don't, don't be tempted just getting all the things that aren't the Bible because you think you got the Bible down. I've read that now. Oh, I know that. Or I already know I like it, so I don't know. You need to be in it. I would much rather see your collection of other things never grow if that means you're getting in the Word of God over and over and over. So one thing you can do, if, if you want to fight it, know it well, get in it. It's a practical tip, read, 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 listen, listen. Another practical tip uh, for fighting temptation is when temptation comes, internally or, or externally, I want you to answer it with the Word of God. And I mean Literally. I want you to combat the internal, even, voices with external recitations if you have to. When the enemy whispers in your ear, you answer with truth on your lips. Say it out loud if you've got to. Say it out loud if on the inside you're not... Just start saying it. Jesus said out loud, it is written, right? He said it out loud. I mean, he could have just sat there and Jesus thought about all the things that were written. I mean, there's no one else out there to talk to. Right? It's not like he said that and, and one of the other apostles was like, what did you say? He's out there alone. And yet he spoke out loud to the enemy. It is written. When is the last time when you were faced with temptation that those words, it is written, came off your lips or were even repeated in your heart? Why not? When's the last time you responded with, it is written, and then gave the verse to the temptation. I mean, that's, that's the example we have of how to fight spiritual warfare in his, in his word. To say, it is written. I would encourage you all to do that in your own life. When you face spiritual battle, quote scripture and quote it out loud. That's the example. Let that be what you are doing. And, and in order to do that, you have to know it, which is going to go back to where we were. But quote the scripture to your problems. Don't listen to the lie. Speak the truth. When the devil's whispering a lie in your ear, you put the truth on your lips. It is written is going to be your answer. It is written needs to be every answer. Not, not this idea or that idea or this. Like give the scripture. Now at first, and this is again why we need to read, read, read. At first, 
you may not know the exact verse to answer it with. Right? At first, the, Satan may come with a temptation. You may be like, I do not know yet what to say here. I don't know that it is written yet. So what do I do? You just let him devour you. No, right? What do you do? Obviously. What do you do? I would say this. Answer any truth. Any truth from God's word. Even if it is not a specific truth that you think is the absolutely home run text of what you're dealing with. It could be a totally different thing. Just speak the truth. Colossians talks to us about putting off and putting on. Listen, it would be great if in the winter of discontent that you're in, you had a nice fat parka from the Lord from like Ephesians chapter 4 that you could put in that winter of content and feel warm and fuzzy. But if you're young in the faith, or if you're young in your knowledge of a particular struggle, if all you've got is a windbreaker, it may not be the perfect parka for the battle that you're dealing with, but it's something. Put it on. Put it on. Put off what the enemy is saying and put on whatever you can think of from God's word. Because it's going to be better than the lie and it's going to be better than nothing. Again, it may not be the perfect parka for your winter of discontent, but it'll be better than what he's got. And it'll be better than putting on nothing. Put off and always put on. Even if you can't think of the perfect thing to put on, put on something. Answer something from God's word. Any truth is better than no truth, and it's certainly better than the lie. So answer something to Satan. He doesn't like anything that's written. He doesn't like any of it. So you're not going to give him something that he, you're going to say, and he go, ha ha, he's not going to like any of it. So tell him about what is written, because he knows what's written, and he knows what follows those verses, and he knows what the outcome is. And that's why he's raging. The other thing you can do, one, answer something. You don't know the verse, what should you do? Answer something. The other thing you do, call your pastor. Call your pastor. Some of you, some of you know this very well. I love doing this. It's my favorite thing. Uh, When people call me, they're like, I am dealing with temptation and I don't know what to do or what the Bible says. I'm like, yes, uh, let's talk about that. Uh, And I'd love it if you'd come to the porch and talk about it because it'll be great. We'll sit and we'll rock in the chairs and have a good time. Uh, I love, I love when you call and I love when you call me and I hate when I find out instead of calling me, you Googled for help that don't, don't ever do that. If you're like, how do I deal with this temptation? Let me go to Google and say, like, if you can pull up your browser, but not, but not pull up your phone to call me, it's not a good thing. Don't do that. No, that's like, it's just, enough. It's, I want to say it's dumb, but it's, it's, it is dumb, but it's also just ineffective. It, it would be like, it's like, that's like trying to find the right medicine by, by sticking your hand in a barrel of, of needles and hoping you come out with the right one, right? I just, there's, there's stuff in there and I'm going to reach in. What's the medicine I need? I don't know, but there are needles in there. I'm sure one of them is the right thing. Listen, that is not a good thing to do. That's how people you know, end up getting, you know, NIV and stuff like that. Like it's not, don't stick your hand in there and, and come up with it's It's not going to work. It'd be better for you. It would be better for you instead of Googling. And you know, I don't like saying stuff like this. I mean, I like saying stuff like don't Google, uh, but it would be better for you. If you don't know what to say, it would be better for you. If you're not going to call me, 
Well, it'd be better for you to just call me. But it'd be better for you to open up your Bible. Just pick up your Bible and randomly open it with your eyes closed and put your finger somewhere in the text. That would be better for you than to Google. That would be better for you than to ask the random nether space that is out there. The only Google I will allow for you to do is for you to close your eyes and say, hey, Google, call Chris. That's it. You can do that. That's the only Google you do. Hey, Google, call Chris. Uh, that's the only one. Otherwise, you got no idea. You got, and we know, it's funny. We know how messed up the Internet is, but we think maybe... Maybe for my problem, it's going to work. No, it is a messed up mess. And the only thing worse than me having to explain the mess and fix that is having to fix the mess that was caused by the mess of you Googling about how to deal with your mess. Just, 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 Just don't do that. The key of all of that is answer problems with God's word. And any of God's word is better than nothing. And any of it is certainly better than the lies of the enemy. And just sitting and letting the enemy continue to attack you without using God's word for your defense. Uh, And also answer it just by getting in the word. So if you don't know the answer, uh, you don't have a chance to call me to get the answer. One thing you can do is just get in the word. Just get in it in that moment. I'm not talking about in preparing. Earlier we were talking about read, 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 and listen, listen, to prepare. I'm talking about you're in the moment. What do I do? Just get in the Word. If you're going through a really difficult time, just read. Just start reading. Just, just start listening to anything in the Bible. Again, you might not know exactly where to turn. You might not, just, but just turn to something. And, and let, me, let me encourage you, the more you start to know and the more you start to prepare and do that intel stuff that we talk about and read, 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 and listen, 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 the more you know about that from, from the word, the, the less you're going to be like, oh, there's a book written by someone I need to read. And the more you're going to go, oh, there's a word of God in this chapter, in this place in the Bible, I know I need to turn to. And that's always more effective. That book on your shelf might be effective. That sermon that you listen to might be great, but it's only going to be great in how it shows you what the word of God has said. So just know enough to, to not need that and just start going to the source. The more you know, the more you're going to know the place you can turn to. So so keep taking in God's word because it will fill out what you need. Uh, And and some of us, we get get into the, and we need to do this more and more because some of us get in the habit of being life verse Christians. We we have a verse we think that fits with with this particular struggle or sin or issue and we just just have them uh, like like a a, a bullet. This is our one verse to use as a weapon against the enemy. But the the Bible is full of, of bullets to take down the work of the enemy, full of them. You might have a real, this might be a really great, you go, oh, this will be really good whenever I deal with that. But what you don't want to do is stop looking because that's one bullet, but the Bible's full of bullets like that, full of great texts to use. And the only thing better, I mean, we don't want to be the guy who's like, I got the one bullet against the enemy. The only, I mean, it's great to pull out that one bullet, but it's much better to be able to throw out a machine gun of verses to answer to, to, to the enemy's work. To be able to say, it is written, and 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 it is written. That is much better than just having one verse. So don't stop if you've got, if you've got one verse, great. But don't stop there. Get more. Learn more. Fill your head with the word of God. I mean, we, we, we live in a blessed age. It doesn't seem blessed at times when we think about technology and stuff like that, but we have computers They'll mess a lot of stuff up. But one thing they will do, like the wonderful servants they are, we have computers that will read the word of God to us all day long. We'll just read it to us. 
in whatever verse we want, whatever version we want. Let God's word serve as the background music to your life. Let the word of God, I mean, you can be going about your daily life and you can have a servant that will read to you the word of God however long you want to. Let that be the whisper in your head all day long. Because that's, that's normally what the enemy does anyway, right? The enemy is just a subtle whisper of discontent or delusion or discouragement that buzzes in our ear all day long. Instead of his buzzing, fill your head with God's shouts of faith. God's word is a powerful weapon to defend against the evil one. So let's thank our Father. Let's worship Him as the God who equips His people for battle by giving them a weapon to use against any attack of the enemy. How can we be so sure that He does that? It is written. Let's pray. Father, we want to take a moment. Uh, and well, before we pray, I want us to, to take a moment together and, and respond to God's word. It is, it is this great source of intel and information. Have you been taking advantage of it? It's this playbook, this guidebook for you in, in how to deal with spiritual battle. Ask, ask the Lord, pray. One, let's, let's, we always want to have times of confession. So let's confess if we haven't been using it like we should. Let's confess if we've been turning to all other, these other sources and these other uh, avenues and, and, and end up actually forsaking the source. So confess, if, if you haven't spent as much time in God's Word, if you, it, it, then you should because it's showing that you, don't really be, you, you haven't believed God in what He said about how valuable it is. And so confess that, and then ask the Lord, ask the Lord to teach you those things. Ask the Lord to show you the value of His Word for spiritual warfare. And thank Him. Thank Him for all that we've seen. In all that we, I mean, this is a long time we've just been looking at being delivered from the evil one. It's a long time, but the reason it's a long time is there's a lot of verses. There's a lot of stuff that our God gives to us. And we certainly, I, I can't imagine skipping one of these passages or one of these verses and then one of you struggling later with the very thing that that verse would have addressed. I mean, the Bible's full of these things. Thank him for that. Thank him that you'll never be surprised. And you'll always know what to do. Because his word tells you those things. And then ask the Lord to help you take up his word as a weapon to defend yourself. Not just to know the enemy's plans, not just to know what you should do, but to defend yourself against the work of the evil one. That his word delivers you, delivers you from evil. So ask him to help you know it well enough so that you will be able to say to every temptation, it is written. Ask him, say, Father, please help me to to know more so that I can say, it is written. I mean, it's great that we would know where to turn to and where to to go. And I know to get in my word, but, but that our goal would be to know it is written. Know it so much on our hearts. That we don't even have to open our Bible or jump to a concordance real quick and be like, what's that verse? What's it say? We'll be able to say, it is written. And just quote what we know from, from God's word. Ask that the Lord would, would prepare you that much for your spiritual battles. It is written. 
and ask him to, to help that start being on your lips, that you would imitate Christ and start dealing with your own temptations by saying, it is written. That you just get in the habit of that because that's going to train you that that's the answer to these things. And what a great God that he gives us this stuff. What a great God that he equips us and then weaponizes us against the work of the evil one. Father, you are so good. And everything we're saying that is good about you, we wouldn't know if you hadn't told us about it. If you hadn't told us what is going on in the unseen realm around. If you hadn't told us how, how the enemy attacks. If you hadn't told us what the enemy's going to do and how we respond to that and what our, what our mission is as a part of your kingdom. All of that comes from you. We, we've got all of this confidence in you and we've got all of this preparation for, for battle because it is written. And there is so much, Father, it is written. Help us to know it even more. Help us to know your word even more. Because that's going to fortify that faith. And that shield of faith is going to be built. Of, it becomes massive shield. There's going to be so much faith that's going to be built on so much of your word. And all that you've done, all the ways you've been faithful to do it. If, if, the, if the New Testament rejoices that in Christ you have all the promises of God fulfilled and we don't know any of the promises of God, verse loses its, its great magnitude. But if we so know the scriptures that we know all the promises you've made and we're able to see Christ fulfilled this, then we are able, as Paul says, to utter our amen to you for, for your glory. So help us to know it. Help us to know what is written, to love what is written, and to say it is written. Every time the enemy comes against us. Thank you, Father, for your word. And thank you for the word made flesh that accomplishes for us every battle that we have lost along the way. Every time we did not say it is written and even the times we ignored what was written. The word became flesh and delivered our souls. As we cherish Him, may we cherish Your Word, and may we march in victory against our enemy, because it is written. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.